it was the trial of the century. He had the president shake his hand in front of the jury. He was defended by members who would become in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. But this man, again, was just like failing upwards in life. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. And today, we are chatting with Jonathan from the YouTube channel Civil War Week by Week. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Now, before we start chatting with Jonathan and asking him about his channel, and before we start emptying our glasses, I want to ask the listeners and watchers to help us out by leaving a rev- leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to the podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at thehistorybuzz.com, and don't forget to check out our other podcast, Talk With History, where Jen and I dive deeper into our Walk With History videos and give you a behind-the-scenes look at our history-based YouTube journey. Now, our guest today is Jonathan from Civil War Week by Week YouTube channel, currently just shy of 2,000 subscribers. So if you're if you're listening to this, pause it, go subscribe to his channel, get him to that 2,000 mark. And Jonathan is a self-described non-professional historian who has a passion for, for a variety of subjects, including the Civil War. So if you're looking for Civil War history, his channel is definitely the place to go. So how are you doing tonight, Jonathan? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm just now working on my Gettysburg video. Ooh. Oh, right on. Cool. That's that's awesome. That's that's awesome. So, so Jonathan, can you tell us and the listeners kind of a little bit about yourself, maybe how you came to love history and, and maybe eventually how that kind of turned into the YouTube channel? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm about to go to college, so my story's pretty short. Okay. Um, what got me into history was my dad, and right. I, it's a stereotype that every dad is studying for a pop quiz on World War II, but <laughs> my dad and I, we, we're not very good at talking. We're Irish, and one of the things we used to communicate with each other was old VHS tapes of a World War II documentary when I was like four or five and way too young to watch, but like I thought it was cool because there were frozen dead bodies. Oh my and gosh! Explosions. Yeah, yeah. My dad asked me if I wanted to go to Russia to see the like dead bodies of frozen French soldiers. And I was like in kindergarten. <laughs> I was actually working on kindergarten homework, and I thought, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And I'm sure my therapist is thinking the same thing. Wow. But um, it's just that's what got me into history, and then um, I just fell in love with history. It was my topic. Yeah, I was never. I didn't start. I was as good a student as I am now, though I'm sure my teachers would say I'm still not the best. <laughs> but history was always my thing. It was a source of pride. And now um, my dad and I still talk about history. He was with me in Gettysburg when we were filming. Oh, cool. So it's always been a way to connect with people to me. Right on, right on. So how did, um, you know, it sounded like you guys kind of did a lot of World War II type stuff. How did that venture into the Civil War topic that, that is your channel? Uh, this is very weird. So what happened was, it, it, I'm going to kind of start with talking about how I started my channel. Sure. I went to a semester abroad in oh, cool. Israel. I'm Jewish and I wanted to get away from my parents. Sure. So I went to, and this was 
um, my sophomore year, which okay. is interesting because COVID hit. And I was oh kicked out of Israel for COVID reasons, not wow. anything else, yes. thankfully. <laughs> but I want to keep in touch with those um, people I was talking with. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to talk about is the early Soviet Union, which oh. is very different than what I talk about now. Yeah. So my first videos were about Jews in the early Soviet Union. Yeah. And then I finished my series on that. And I thought, well, what do I do now? And during this COVID time, there was a lot of talk about the Civil War with um, that movement. And I thought, hey, I could cover that. And my plan was just to cover the start of the war. I was oh, going to go to Bull Run and I was going to confidently end it saying, well, the Union's going to win. So goodbye. Mm-hmm. And that's how the series began. Unfortunately, I forgot to include part one of 32 yeah. in my um, title. So then someone just assumed I was going to do the entire war and I didn't correct them. Oh, wow. So you just kept rolling with it. Yeah. That's what, that's so interesting. So how long, and now you got, now I have a whole bunch of questions now. So how long were you in Israel before they had to, to send you back here because of all the COVID stuff? About six weeks. Oh man. Like what a, yeah. are, are you going to try to try to go back ever? Um, yeah. Uh, I have family in Israel. Um, oh, cool. I have some very weird family in Israel. My aunt is Carolyn Glick. She's a, uh, she is an attempted Israeli politician oh. who's the only one of my family members who has a Wikipedia page. I'm oh just going to say this right now. Full disclosure, we don't d- agree on a lot of politics, so okay. do not think I'm part of the new right party at all. No, but I, I plan I, on visiting her. Okay. I have, I have some friends who want to join the IDF. I went to a Jewish community school, and I have two good friends who want to join the IDF, yeah. and I want to visit them. Sure. Hopefully not on the front lines, but yeah, maybe absolutely. in the safety of Tel Aviv. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, what a cool, interesting kind of piece yes. of family history. So, so you started out with Russia, and you talked about your dad <laughs> wanting to take you to Russia. Did you actually go on that trip as a kindergartner? So, <laughs> the funny thing it actually comes to today is my family has a policy that when we graduate high school, we could go on a trip. Okay. For the longest time, I wanted to go see the Eastern Front of World War II. Okay. This was one of my major topics of interests. And up until I started my Civil War channel, that was always the plan. I have never been to Russia. I'm certainly not going to go now because <laughs> yes. of yeah, yeah. you know the conflict and everything. Yeah. But instead of that, I got to go to VidCon. But I think my Russian days are over, though. If the American Civil War dies down, maybe I'll cover the Russian Civil War. Uh, that's a joke. I'm not committing to that. <laughs> you cover it real time. Um, so now you said that, you know, you, you emphasized Russia from a Jewish perspective. Do you do the Civil War from a Jewish perspective? Is there a uniquely Jewish perspective for the Civil War? Yes. Um, I don't I don't want to, like, cram it in there, but I, I have admittedly focused on some more Jewish aspects. Okay. Um, like Grant's expulsion of Jews under his general order, which was due to basically him not understanding that Jews were a people and thought of it more as just an insult. Uh, so he just uh, threw in Jew as a way of saying incredulous traitors when it's a real people. Yeah. And then, of course, there's um, I covered the same time when the African-Americans were allowed to join the military. There was also um, a chaplain order allowing Jewish chaplains. And I kind of wanted to just include that in there. So how cool I push a little bit of Judaism, more Judaism in there than the average civil war person would. But 
I mean, I still have to cover the rest of it. I'm planning on covering like the Civil War from Irish or German and Jewish perspectives, but I always I speak a little bit extra in there. Yeah, I think it's unique. I, yeah, that, I haven't really thought about. So that. we actually, so I mean, that's we talk about that all the time. That's super interesting to me that because we talk about history and history is factual. Right? It happened. You can't you can't change it. But what we what does change is how people talk about it and the lens that they portray it through, the lens that they look it through. Just like just like you were just mm-hmm. talking about. So that's super interesting to me. Yes, and. Oh man, I, I could kind of dive down that rabbit hole uh, for for a little bit here, but I've got some questions that I want to well, ask. I want to ask one more thing. Okay, go ahead. So you're, you're starting school. Where where are you going to school? I'm going to St. John's College in Annapolis. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and it, it's right by the Naval Academy. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very familiar with St. John's. <laughs> Congratulations! And That's what are awesome. you, are really you going to cool. study history? Um, it all has, um, it's only one, it's a double major, double minor, or just in humanities. I plan on going uh, into law in the end. I want to become a special education lawyer. Cool. That's awesome. Jeff. Right on. Yeah, I um, I have some fond memories, a little bit fuzzy in the, <laughs> the, the lawn area there at St. John's. I think when the Naval Academy, they play them in cricket. Um, every, they do it like once a year. And uh, it was never my company that actually did it. But the Naval Academy actually has a cricket team. It's one particular company that does it. I think it's 24th company. And I think they play St. John's every year in cricket. I have no idea who wins or who loses. I don't think anybody really cares. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome, awesome, man. Yeah, congratulations to you. Well, so we're going to venture off into kind of our next segment here. This is a segment that we started with a friend of ours. And it's just kind of a fun way to broach any historical topic. So we like to, to um, lead into our, our first kind of true historical topic with a word association game. So I'm going to, to say a couple of words, and then eventually at the end, I'll explain how it relates to, to the topic at hand. So um, I'll say a word, and you just kind of say the first word or phrase or paragraph, as some of our friends have done, that comes to, um, mind. That, that comes to mind. All right. If I was to say 1993... What would you think? I would say Oslo Accords. Okay. If I was to say Pennsylvania, what would you think? I would probably think Gettysburg. All right. <laughs> if I was to say Abraham Lincoln, what would you think? A hat. Hat? That's a good one. If I was to say Pickett's Charge? I would probably say Virginia. Okay. And then all of that is leading actually into Gettysburg. You, you, you got me on the, second, on the second word. So the reason I said 1993 is because the movie Gettysburg actually came out in 1993. So I was trying to kind of throw you off. Mm-hmm. It threw Jen off, off uh, pretty decently. It I, did. I forget what you said for 1993. I think I said like uh, uh, moving or like yeah, high school. Yeah. That's high school for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and in Pennsylvania, I was like Penn State. That's where I, that's where I got my undergrad. Yeah. And then he said Abraham Lincoln. I said Civil War. And then Pickett's Charge. He said Pickett's was, Charge. I said was, Gettysburg. Was Gettysburg. So it's kind of serendipitous that you were just at Gettysburg and you're you're making some videos on Gettysburg. So so what do you remember like initially learning of Gettysburg? And then what's something that kind of stands out to you about Gettysburg? One or two things that kind of stand out because I'm sure we we all have plenty to say on on Gettysburg. So yeah. Well, if, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. The Civil War was never my area of expertise until I started this series. Okay. So what I knew about Gettysburg was basically a video game I played called Ultimate General Civil War. Okay. So what I learned was I was very good at it. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I knew about the fish hook strategy and yep. overall, 
But I think some of my favorite stuff about Gettysburg is just the story where everyone is just winging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just all this. Yeah. Where I mean, like, oh, there's these grand generals. You have General George G. Meade, the savior of the Union, the snapping turtle, and um, Robert E. Lee, the invincible Virginian. And they're all just winging it. And I just love it where everyone's just dispatching orders and they're like, do this if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Do this if you think you should. It's just this. (laughs) It's like a puzzle piece where everyone has one puzzle piece and they each have a different picture. Mm -hmm. So it's just this chaos that, I mean, it's not unique to Gettysburg, but it is profoundly Gettysburg. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great perspective on on Gettysburg that I I don't think I've had someone tell me before. Now, I I joke all the time, I'm not the history person in this this team here, right? Jen's the historian. She's the history person. So so what I remember of Gettysburg, like you, was I just kind of generally learned about it. Maybe Pickett's Charge, maybe that it was a very decisive battle, right? Beyond that, and when I was, you know, going through high school, that's pretty much all I remember of it. Um, And then I've learned more about it more as I've been doing the channel with Jen. Um, and I, I like your description of, hey, everybody's just winging it. And I bet that's, to your point, that's probably true more often than not for a lot of the generals that are out there. Now, they're studied and they're experts, right? They have good strategies, but they're still just winging it. There's no, you know, overall, like, Yeah, this was no answer. plan. Like, you know, they didn't plan to meet at Gettysburg. It just yeah. kind of happened. And then it was kind of like, well, here we go. I think Pickett's Charge is the best example of that. Yeah. It's just like, just take it. Just do it. And, I mean, he even knew well, we're all going to die. But, yeah. okay, here we go, you know. Yeah. And Jen, Jen tends to love Gettysburg because we, we lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, um, for, for a little bit, which is kind of the top north, you know, the northwestern part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and strong, Vincent's strong Vincent, <laughs> who was eventually died as a general. Is that right? He, yeah, he was, yeah, he got, he was a colonel. Promoted. He was a colonel at Gettysburg. And yeah, Abraham um, Lincoln promoted him to Brigadier General yeah, just, right before just, he died. just before he died. But he's my hero of Gettysburg because he's unsung. Chamberlain gets all the glory. But it's Vincent who put him in his place, told him to stand there and, and defend there. And it's Vincent who takes it upon himself to take Little Round Top because he sees that it's open and it's vulnerable. And even though the aide is running around, he's like, just tell me what you want me to do and I'll go up there. Was there anybody when you were at Gettysburg that you kind of learned about and you were like more appreciative of who they were and what they did? Oh, uh, yes. So I've been to Gettysburg twice. Oh, Once... Cool. Um, two days ago and yeah uh, like five years ago before i even thought of doing the channel yep. and i learned about daniel sickles who if you watch my series which no one does <laughs> i end every episode with covering what daniel sickles does because this man is just fascinating to me uh, he killed he's the first ever insane temporary insanity plea which i hope to never use as a lawyer if i do become one sure he's the he slept with the spanish queen brought a prostitute to meet the English queen. Like this man to me seems to be like just wigging it through life. Yeah. And I always learned Dan Sickles as the idiot of Gettysburg. He moved out of line. He opened up a salient and then just reading through Gettysburg. I'm like, he's kind of right. Cause it's just this personality of his at Chancellorsville 
where his best friend basically told him, you're not allowed to move forward. The Confederates took that ground and opened up canister shot into the Union, decimating their line. And I would, in that episode saying, he's not going to make this mistake again. Mm-hmm. So here he is. He's in a swamp. And what well, he calls it a swamp. He's in a ditch, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, he wasn't, there weren't like alligators or anything. Sure. He just sees this high ground and he's like, can I please take it? And Meade says, no, you'll break the line. And he says, okay. Then he sees the enemy coming. He's like, I'm a core commander. I basically have to do it. And he just goes for it. And I think it was overall a good idea. Most people don't. Yeah. I'm not a general. So I'm inclined to believe them. But sure. I, I just love that kind of miniature character where we, it's not just the battle decision. It's also that yeah. past he has at Kingsville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you learn from your mistakes. A lot of that. And it wasn't Sickles the one who, like, somebody slept with his wife and then he killed him. And then that's where he does the insanity plea. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> Holy cow. The person who wrote our the Star Spangled Banner had a son who slept with Sickles' wife while Sickles was away sleeping with other people. Francis got Key's son. So his son yeah, slept with Sickles. He, Holy cow. And then Sickles yeah, kills and him. And his wife. Please insanity. Yeah. Yeah. In front of the White House, yeah. he slept with his wife, who was half <laughs> oh my <Sickles'> gosh. <laughs> yes. I'm... It was the trial of the century. He had the president shake his hand in front of the jury. He was defended by members who would become in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Like this man, again, was just like failing upwards in life, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to describe what an interesting, I mean, he sounds like someone they could make a Hollywood movie out of. And you would be like, there's no way this is true. <laughs> that, that's crazy. That's, I've never, I've never heard of him I before. Because of that, um, that story. Because but, of that one. Mm-hmm. So, I, so to your point, like, that's one of the things that I kind of like, like, Jen likes the, I mean, she dives into all the topics that we're doing and stuff like that. Every now and then, just like you, and I think, you know, Sickles, it sounds like he's probably a larger than life character, mm-hmm. maybe not to his own doing, not to his own intent anyways. Um, but I love those characters. Like you said, it's, he's not the general, it's not the necessary, the leader, but just this random character that had that kind of just stood out and shone a little brighter for better or for worse. Right. It sounded like Sickles was often for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, some of those characters that you're just like, man, what an interesting person in history that was just here right and just kind of did their own thing marched to the beat of their own drum during a very kind of significant time in history that's that's super super interesting he was probably there in gettysburg while jd was there if you were there two days ago oh yeah jd from the history underground was just out there um i think over the past couple days yeah he was doing some talks and stuff he works a lot with the um, museum of gettysburg with their artifacts. If you ever been, if you ever go, Jonathan, like if we ever meet up there sometime, they have a ton of artifacts there, like from the battlefield, and they have like uh, stuff from Abraham Lincoln. They have got JFK stuff. They have, yeah, it's, they have like mud with uh, John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, like when he makes like the cast for his leg or the. Yeah, they have, they have a piece some really of it. interesting. They have stuff all there. these like little interesting little tidbits. It's a really cool place to go to see all the artifacts they have. Now that's super interesting. Now I'm actually going to be curious to to kind of yeah. Now I, I, I need to go check out some of your some of your videos about this guy um, <laughs> because now now I'm just curious. So see, knowing that you've already probably made a couple of videos about him, 
Um, so moving on to kind of our next question, Jonathan, one of the things we like to ask folks, because we get to talk to people that are kind of all over the country and we're working on people all over the world, but the time zone differences make it challenging mm-hmm. sometimes. So um, I like to ask, what's the first big historical event in your lifetime that you remember happening? National, global, something just with your family. We had someone tell a family a, a mm-hmm. thing. Um, but what's the first big kind of historical event that you remember in your lifetime? Um, mine would be the 2008 election Okay, when I was five. Wow. wow. So what do you remember yeah. of that? Uh, the Daily Show coverage, honestly, with Jon Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, it was costly playing um, during dinner. Mm-hmm. And I just remember him and Stephen Colbert yep. um, doing their back and forth. Yeah. Which was interesting. That's Obama and McCain, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, do you so, remember election night? Yeah, do you, yeah. You remember election night? Like, what? What other things do you remember that made that stand out to you? Um, it was going. It's got to be Stephen Colbert's ridiculousness. I believe he had a bird on his shoulder for some reason. Yeah, that sounds and right. It's just that. <laughs> now, I mean, that's the thing I have fragrant memories of. The actual like event I can fully remember yeah. is. I come from the state of Missouri, okay. which is in the middle of the country. Yep. And despite 9-11 happening very far away from us, it was just, it shook up where I live. Yeah. And I was told to look out for Osama bin Laden. Oh, wow. In Clayton, Missouri. <laughs> he was not hiding there, it turns right. out. Yep. But I was told to search for him. And 9-11 talks were constant. We had all this stuff. So when President Obama made the report that we, we killed him, yeah, my dad called in my entire family to watch, and I I remember that very clearly. Huh. So so it's so you, are you saying that it was more the nine eleven event that you remember, or is more the actual when Osama bin Laden? If was, you were five during the two thousand eight election, you weren't alive for nine eleven, right? I, I was not. So you, so you're saying um, that what I, you what you remember is when Osama bin Laden was killed? Just the whole talk around yeah. it, and then okay. when he was killed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was that? When was that? That was. Tw- 2015 12 or 13 13 yeah 12 or 13 yeah yeah that's that sounds about right okay so so one of the things that i'm I'm always curious about is like is that kind of one of those moments to you where hey you know i've always heard about this we'll just call him the boogeyman right it's osama bin laden was this kind of national globally known bad guy Mm -hmm. right for a very long time and at that moment, was that just kind of, was it all your family coming together that all of a sudden you just kind of realized, hey, there's a bigger world out there, kind of pulled back the curtain? Like, what about that that event or that night when your dad called your family in kind of really changed things? To me, that event mattered because for the, my family is very cynical. We are the most cynical people you ever know. <laughs> The way my family talks about what we do, you would think we hate each other. And it was just this moment of my family's not the most patriotic, which is surprising given what I do. Mm -hmm. But there was just this moment where it was like where I felt like we were all on the same side for something. So to me, the event mattered because not even the election of Obama in 2008, which my family did support, brought us together, not. Um, any of that stuff. It was the fact we killed someone, which says a lot about our culture, honestly. <laughs> but 
it was just this like America moment, which yeah. is probably, I mean, rightfully satirized all over the place, but it was just this moment where I felt like we were all on the same team. Yeah. Aww, that's, oh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's really yeah. Cool. It was May 2nd, 2011. So yeah. no, so that's a moment where you see a lot of like just coming together of your family yeah. and that moment, you're probably like, what is the catalyst that's making us all pause? For a moment, that's making yeah. us all come together, you know, and you're realizing, well, it's the death of a really, really bad guy. Yeah. But it resonated with you. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, and I think to kind of echo what you said, Jonathan, of, you know, for you, it was the, your family coming together. Right. And jokingly, right. It's about killing someone. But really what it is, is to what, kind of what Jen said and what you said together. Right. It's it's your family coming together and everybody pausing to recognize one thing, mm-hmm. right? So for, you know, children, you know, of the 70s and 80s, it could have been the Challenger explosion. Mm-hmm. For other folks, you know, for me, it was an earthquake in California that shook the, you know, it was one of the larger ones in California in the 80s. For other folks... It could be 9-11. Yeah, it could, it could be 9-11, right? For my kids, for our kids, it's probably going to be the pandemic just because that's something that the entire world recognized at, you know, it, it, it's not one singular event, but looking back, you can kind of clump it all together. So that's really interesting that uh, that, that we was haven't heard that yet. The, the moment for you. It's that, that's a new one for us. So thank you for sharing that with us. So did you watch Zero Dark Thirty? <laughs> I have not. Ah, so yeah. you know more about what we did in the military. I was a helicopter pilot. Yeah, Jen, Jen, Jen was Jen was a Navy helicopter pilot back in the day. So <laughs> she used to actually like she she used to fly that kind of those, those kinds of missions. Um, but uh, no, that's that's a really cool memory, and I think one of the other common themes that we've seen through learning to appreciate history and be passionate about history and historical events, it tends to be centered around family or you tend to be near your family unit. Um, and you're just kind of, kind of confirming that as another person sharing that, that first hist- that first historical moment. Thank so, you for sharing that. um, now you said you grew up in the Missouri area. That's funny because we've probably had three or four people that are from Missouri on the history bus so far, which is a, a, a who knows, right? It always May- touches my heart because May- that's where Brad Pitt's from. Yeah, yeah. She's a huge Brad Pitt All fan. All four so. of us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's about the population. <laughs> so w- one of the other things we like to ask our guests, but what's a bit of regional history that you might know from either growing up either in the Missouri area where you're at right now? And if I was to come and visit, I'd be like, I'd, I'd never heard of that. But it's common knowledge in your area, whether something you knew growing up or something that you've learned now that kind of stands out to you that's, that's kind of more regional. Well, common knowledge is interesting. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I can tell you something. I've, again, covered this, but uh, no one mentions my stuff. So I was in second grade. Okay. Like most second graders, I had a very weird teacher. I mean, every teacher is weird when you're that young. Sure. This person was bigoted against Mormons. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Specifically Mormons. Huh. And I didn't understand why, and I still don't, but she taught us about the Missouri Mormon War, one of the three Mormon wars. And I don't think a lot of people know about this except Mormons because it's pretty impactful. Yeah, I only know about Nauvoo 
and uh, Joseph Smith in Nauvoo, right? He was kind of killed there. Yeah, so, so that's t- in Illinois, so, so, though, right? So tell us about the yeah. Missouri Mormon War. So it turns out um, the Holy Land is in Missouri, which is confusing because yeah, okay. I, I live here and I. I've been to the Holy Land and very different places, both desolate and very violent, <laughs> but still. Yeah. And so Joseph West founded in our far west part at Far West, um, the Garden of Eden, Zion. I, I'm not Mormon. I, I don't fully understand it. I tried to read some of their texts, but sure. one theology is too much for me already. Sure. So he was there. And the thing about Missouri is we don't really care what you're doing as long as you don't rock the boat sure and he was rocking the boat Uh, he was a political force he was an economic force and he was converting native americans mm. and those native americans who didn't want to be converted took revenge and also it's the lead up to the civil war so slavery is on everyone's mind and they basically say he's an abolitionist because he's from the northeast he wasn't i don't want to get to the issue of slavery and church of Latter. Day Saints, right? It has flooded my comment section. Yeah. But just to say, made up thing. So there's an election that they ban Mormons from illegally. You can't ban people based off the religion. Sure. Mormons come, there's a scuffle, there's a fight. The governor executes a genocidal order called the Missouri Extermination Order. Holy it's cow. not actually genocidal, it's just cleansing oh. where all Mormons have to leave. Now, wow. Mormons don't want to leave the Holy Land sure. of theirs. So we send in um, the Mormons fight a battle. They win against the Missouri state militia. Wow. But you don't get to fight the government for long and win. Mm-hmm. So in the end, they encircle the Mormons and they say, we're going to disarm you and we're sending you to Illinois. And that huh. sets the ground for the Illinois Mormon War yeah. where oh Joseph Smith dies. Joseph Smith dies. Okay. So that's the one I know. How yeah. interesting. Yeah. I had I had never heard of that, right? I know very little kind of any sort of Mormon history or anything like that, other than like kind of to your point, I don't really understand it, but that's okay. Um <laughs> well, I grew up in Wyoming and believe it or not, there's a lot of Mormons in Wyoming oh, because really? so close to Utah. Oh, sure. You know, and so I would just learn it because all your friends were Mormon. Yeah. So you just ask a lot of questions and you learn about it. Plus I was a big big love fan <laughs> the show. Yeah. The Mormon show. i don't know if you ever saw that jonathan it was on hbo yeah so that's so you learned that in second grade how interesting that you had a teacher that kind of taught you guys that so young well it, it wasn't the most accurate version if i remember she just said that it was against we shouldn't be we shouldn't let mormons in the state despite the fact the order was rescinded well. she was like very revisionist of the history she didn't like tell us all the reasons she basically said Missourians don't like Mormons, and then I see. Wow. we're like, okay, Mrs. D, sure, and then she just dismisses Teresa or whatever. Yeah, that's that's wild. Well, it is so interesting how much a teacher can influence you. Yeah, right, because they really do have a chance to nuance things, and yeah. could, they can be a major influencer. So you do have to like. What are you teaching? How are you teaching it? Sure, you know that's the same thing is so true about history, Jonathan, and you're going to see when you go through your studies and like, how do you discern what is the facts and how do you discern what is, what's a bias? And are you looking through things with a bias and how do you recognize your implicit bias? And so you're really going to go 
you know, and you're going to see this a lot, but people are going to ask for sources, 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 and primary sources. And you're going to have to, you're going to see, you're going to have to cite everything. And it can be almost writing like a second paper every time, but that builds your credibility as a historian. Yeah. I don't even kind of, I don't even know how to process that Mormon Missouri war. Like it's, it's such an interesting, that's a very regional, that's like a perfect example of, of why I like to ask this question because I don't, I bet there's not many people outside of that part of Missouri or maybe Missouri in general, maybe right. That have learned about the Missouri Mormon war. Um, so that's such a fun question for me to ask. Well, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan, it's become almost like a, a Mecca now for Mormons, right? Don't they want to come there to the Holy Land? And Yeah, but uh, Missouri sold it to a breakaway group. So <laughs> the main Mormon church doesn't own their Holy Land. Oh, my gosh. Oh my God. A breakaway group does, and they all broke away after the death of Joseph Smith. Yeah. There were like four groups, but M- Missouri found a lasting way to screw over the main church. I feel <laughs> oh like you're saying the main church yeah. is already setting me up for some sort of hate comment by a member of a different sure. um, church. But let's just say the main, the ones you think of, they don't own that land. Right. They have their main point across the street. They own a small building across the street from their own salvation. Wow. Well, I don't know if it's their salvation. I, again, their, right. their main land. holy yeah. land. Yeah. They Oh, they own basically a small um, shack facing their holiest place. So they can so look we at did, it. That was lasting damage. That was completely our bad. Wow. Holy cow. That's, that's, so interesting. that's super, super interesting. Jonathan, thank you again for, for joining us. So if people wanted to either kind of find you online or reach out to you, what's the best place for people to, to find you? I only have um, YouTube, none of the Twitter or Instagram. It's just okay. Civil War Week by Week is my channel. Okay. I also have a Discord with a link in the description. Cool. It's dead. So you could just reach to me out um, through YouTube comments or DM me on Discord. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.